Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Returning to Nerdcore, this week is an excursion through the life of Megaran, Nerdcore rapper hailing from Phoenix, Arizona. For the full excursion, fans can purchase a documentary that was released about Megaran's life called Megalomania. With Matt, however, he discusses recent projects such as his latest solo record, Megarancom Mission, as well as a collaborative effort with fellow Nerdcore rapper Storyville called Soul Veggies. They also chat about how gaming has influenced his life and his music what it feels like to be officially licensed by Capcom as an indie artist, and the transition from a teaching career to full-time rapper. This, along with his reactions to attending this year's WrestleMania, here's presenting Matt Storm and Megaran. Hello, Megaran. Hey, Matt. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, no problem, dude. So, um, I first want to start by congratulating you on your recent engagement, as the internet has told us. So, congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, as someone who's also engaged and uh, preparing for his own wedding, it's an awesome thing. And so, I want to congratulate you from one fiancé to another. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, I wanted to start by talking about your newest record that you did with Storyville called Soul Veggies, which I love. Um, I think it's a great record. I love the arc of it. I love that it opens with a skit. It's got a great flow. Um, I'm curious how that project came to be. I know you've worked with Storyville before and you guys have done other songs together, but how did Soul Veggies itself come to be? Oh, man, it was really like the four years in the making but maybe even more than that, because I've known Storyville about 10 years, and we've always worked on music. He's been a part of every record I've ever put out, um, from The Call to prior to Soul Veggies was the Mega Ryan Commission album. Right. So he's been a part of everything that I've done in some way, because he's so multi-talented. Uh, he's, a, he's a rapper, he's a producer, he's a mix engineer, and uh, and a really good guy to bounce ideas and things off of. So, so having him around from the beginning has been a, a really good advantage. And um, and every time I would get together to work with him on something, I would have some other side project thing that I was doing. And so that is what became Soul Veggies. These, these songs started to take shape. And... They were started off very serious. There was uh, there were some very serious bomber tunes in the beginning, but by the end, we just found a really comfortable groove, and we were making really fun, um, like kind of happy, lighthearted records, which were things that I was I'd had a hard time doing in the past, and um, and it came together like so organically and so well. And before we knew it, we had twelve songs, and we're like, hey, let's do something with this, and so. I uh, I vowed to make 2015 the year that we would uh, we would get this thing out. So so yeah, we put it out and uh, the response has been has been really great, which I'm glad of because 
you know, I always like it, but it's even better when the people like it. Sure, of course. Well, that that helps. Sure, when your fans like it as well. Um, uh, my next question is actually about one of my favorite um, tracks on the record, Medici Lions. So that song has an intro that's obviously a quote from somewhere, and there are quotes sprinkled throughout the song, the actual song after the intro. But for the life of me, I can't figure out what that's from. Can you please tell me what Medici Lines is based on from? <laughs> okay, so the skit for the, the intro and the skits in between the verses are from one of my favorite TV series of all time, The Wire. That's what I thought. I really thought, yeah. I love the one. Yeah, so um, it was uh, it's just Elba's character who um, who had a, a really great character in that series. He was um, he was a smart guy who also was very very street savvy. But at the same time, in order to build his business, he started taking night classes, and uh, so he was in an economics class when he decides to ask his teacher about you know having an inferior product and and in an aggressive marketplace and what you should do and creating competition and things like that. And, uh, and I feel like that's what a lot of, um, hip hop does, unfortunately, sure. is that when a lot of, a lot of me, when the music's not as good, you know, they create this, this, this imaginary conflict, um, you know, through like rap beef or <laughs> through all types of other things that can come up label drama. Oh, he doesn't like his label. Oh, He's angry, you know, so, you know, in order to sell the record when the, the fact is the music isn't as good, you know, right. and, uh, and so that was, that was a cool parallel. And so I, I decided to use that metaphor throughout the, uh, the track. And, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites too. Nice. Awesome. Um, uh, my next question is as one diehard Mega Man fan to another, um, I was always curious because obviously you uh, have sampled tons and tons of Mega Man music for your beats. You've used all sorts of songs from X to the early Nintendo games and vice versa. I'm curious what your favorite Mega Man song is from any of the games. For example, mine is the intro music to Mega Man 2. That slow build into that high energy song when he's on the building is one of my favorite Mega Man songs. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> Gosh, I have so many. Um, I thought you were going to say the intro from 3, which is everybody's favorite. No, it's you overrated. Know, everybody talks about the... <laughs> and that was cool, too, but I do like the Mega Man 2 one. And um, honestly, my favorite theme, I actually used it on the very first Mega Man track that I'd done, and it was um, Woodman on yeah. Mega Man. Um, it's a great tune. I hum it all the time, even when I'm <laughs> doing something else. And uh, so that was the first one that I started kind of humming lyrics to one day while playing. And it was just like, I just can't seem to go up. I just can't seem to go up. And so from yeah. there, it became a song. And uh, so, yeah, definitely for me, it's it's um it's got to be Woodman. But there's so many great ones, though. I love Shadow Man on Mega Man 3. Sure. Um, I love um, Gemini Man on Mega Man 4. That that kind of salsa. Gemini Three. Mm-hmm. There's so many good ones. Even from the new from the newer ones, Mega Man Nine, Splash Woman is great. Yeah. Galaxy, um, Concrete is great as well. So there's some really good ones, man. It's, it's hard to pick just one, but uh, to me though, it's Woodman. Yeah, I, I, it's funny when I 
as the internet age started to burge and like I started to surf the internet and I discovered overclockremix.com, their Mega Man mm. remixes were the thing that I like, I always listened to all the time while all my other friends were listening to club music. That was my club music were those remixes of those Mega Man tunes. Cause they just, those songs in the Nintendo era are so great for building on and remixing with some of my favorite songs by nerdcore artists are built off of Nintendo beats. Mm. because I feel like they're nice. easily manipulated and they can be molded kind of, you know? Yep. Um, me too. What was that? Oh, I said me too. <laughs> um, so you're just coming off of your rappers with arm cannons tour, which I got to see you on when you were in New York. Um, I saw that you got to cap your tour with going to WrestleMania the other day. Oh yes. This is the, the ultimate the ultimate way to end a long tour tour season because yeah it wasn't just one tour it was just a lot of back-to-backing going on from january to the end of march right so this is the best way to unwind this my my wrestlemania experience was probably the greatest experience that i've ever had as far as like anything that didn't involve music or things like that like it was it was just a total out-of-body experience like the 10-year-old me like in there doing backflips and just like kicking and screaming to get out like this was a um an extremely just like unforgettable unforgettable weekend yeah i was uh on on that day i didn't remember when, i haven't been watching wrestling for a few years um i used to watch it a lot growing up and then i kind of fell out of it and i was seeing your facebook post and i was like oh he's wearing a Hulkster shirt. I wonder what's up. And then I realized, like, I see the post. This is my Sting losing face or whatever. And I was like, wait, he's there? And then the crawl of all of the wrestlers you got to meet. Like, I think the one that killed me was uh, the one you posted with Scott Hall and just said, hey, yo. And he's like, <laughs> looking at the yeah. camera. It's yeah, just... that was insane. I mean, those guys were super cool. Like, uh, I got to I gotta give a major shout out to uh, Xavier Woods, who was it was nice enough to extend his uh, fam- family and friends hookups to me. Nice. Um, I was in Seattle, and he's like, hey, man, this is last minute, but do you want to come to Mania? And I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> like At that point, I could have been in Japan, and I would have found some way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, luckily I wasn't that far, so I was, I was just, uh, you know, I was able to make a whole bunch of changes with my flights. And uh, and make it happen, and uh, man, I'm so glad I did. Like just being able to Bret Hart. I mean, yeah, Piper. I mean, there's so many more that I didn't take pictures with that were there. Right. And, you know, I just I was trying to wait for the right moment, and I didn't and I didn't get the right moment with some of them. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was there. Uh, William Regal. I've been a big fan of him forever. Wow. Um, like there were just so many. And I'm like, man, this is my childhood all in one room, like every one of my heroes. And the best part about it is that they were just relaxing. They were dancing and drinking and they're just laughing and they're just having a good time. And it's like, wow, you know, we never see this side of these guys. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. It was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's it's I felt like I was living vicariously through you because even though I haven't watched in a while, all of those big names, like you recognize them instantly and it's, you know, like The Undertaker had always been my favorite. I never got to meet him unfortunately. He didn't do a lot of signings when I was growing up. But uh but he was yeah. always my favorite. And uh 
So even when I saw out of wrestling, I would still follow it here and there. And so many friends of mine that I didn't even know ever watched wrestling were tweeting about WrestleMania. And so I got some of the updates. What was your favorite match that night? Well, I got to say, I think um, I love seeing Seth Rollins and uh, and Randy Orton go at it. So that was fun. I, I picked that to be my favorite match of the uh, of the card. But um, I don't know. The, the ending match was really entertaining, too. I mean, oh, yeah, there were some good ones. But uh, <laughs> I do think that Rollins and Orton was, was my favorite one to watch. Awesome. Yeah, I remember growing up, my favorite thing about wrestling besides wrestling itself were the video games that they made once we hit the PlayStation generation. You can make your own wrestlers. Because I'm sure, like me, you put yourself in that game as soon as you could and made Mega Ran in in a wrestling game. I I would make... I would come up with some kind of cool character based on myself. Yeah. All the time. I had a guy, his name was the Bomber. And, um... (laughs) Of course he was. Kind of, yeah, he was the bomber, and his gimmick was that he had a whole bunch of different power bombs that he would Oh, nice. You know, he was like, you know, like Taz with the six-like machine. He was kind of a power bomb machine, so he could just turn anything into a power bomb. Nice. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, I loved those games growing up. Um, based on your your large library of music, and often you re- reference video games. Clearly, you are a gamer, um, and you've nah. gone to the <laughs> yeah, nah, no, not you. You don't play games, not at all. Um, my next important question, because he's now in the newest Smash Brothers, and I play it a ton. How do you feel about Mega Man and Smash Brothers? Are you happy with the way he was he plays and how he was created? Uh, yeah, you know, when I first started playing uh, Smash, and I'm not, I'm not super good at it, so I just enjoy it, or I just play it. But um, I thought, like, Mega Man was broken or something. Like, he wasn't he wasn't as great as I thought he was. Right. And then all my friends were like, no, he's too good. So I looked back, and I think there was some kind of patch or something where they changed him up a little bit. Got and it. all of my friends now, they think he's, he's a little too good. So... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in the beginning, though, he wasn't as strong as I thought he would be, and I was disappointed at that. But I think this working. I think it it's works now. They're at a really good, really good uh, spot. Yeah, I think I noticed that too. Uh, my day job, I work in an office, and they have a Wii U in the cafeteria. So me and a few guys at work will will smash brothers it up on lunch. And I was not great with him, but I played with him on principle because Mega Man's one of my favorite Nintendo characters, and then. He just started, I started suddenly getting better with him. So you might be right. They might have just patched him. I might not have gotten that much better. <laughs> yeah, they might. <laughs> um, so speaking to uh, video gaming, and like I very much enjoyed it for the last couple of years, you've done a year in gaming. Um, you did it for 2013 and 2014. What inspired you to do those kind of gaming retrospective songs? Well, because there wasn't much, there wasn't anything like that. Um, for me anyway. And I felt like everybody's year in review posts or blogs on gaming sites they weren't that interesting. So I just wanted to spice it up a little bit. And uh, it's highly inspired by, there's a, there's a gentleman named Skill who does something similar in, in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. He does these things called the wrap-up. And so he'll just wrap up the year in hip-hop. Okay. And so I felt like I'm kind of the I consider myself a bit of a hip-hop and gaming spokesperson. 
And so. so I represent both, you know, yeah. and so I wanted to, to do something that would encapsulate both of those. And, uh, and that was it. I tried it one year and it was super fun and it worked out. And, uh, then I worked on the next one. And there were, some couple, there were a couple people who asked me about it. I wasn't even going to do it. I didn't even think about doing a second one until, uh, I don't remember what it was, but there was something that happened near the end of the year. Um, so I guess it was Gamergate and all that. And I was just yeah. like, oh, this is doing a really, really crappy year for gamers. Yeah. And so that was kind of what made me do the second one. So the, there wouldn't have actually been another one um, if it weren't for something that drastic to come along to kind of, you know, threaten the the title of gamer, you know? Sure. And, uh, and so I felt like I had to stand up for, for it after that, you know? Sure. Um, I, I enjoy referring to your gaming and, 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 and talking about how gaming has obviously influenced your rap career. Obviously. Um, I like how you talk about, that moment when you started rapping over Mega Man beats and released that first Mega Man album and that Capcom reached out to you. Um, I had a fun experience where I, 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 a couple of nights after I'd seen you and Samus, I was doing a burlesque show. I was doing sound for it and Schaefer was hosting it for the dark Lord. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that I got to see you finally because we talk about you a bunch because I was a fan and we like talking about Nerdcore. And it's like, oh, you mean Mega Ran, you know, who heard from Capcom? Dun, dun, dun. So I, I enjoy I enjoy that you bring the audience in, though, with that moment. And you talk about how it was terrifying to be reached out to by Capcom about it. And now you're an officially licensed indie artist. Um, uh, has that how has that affected your career? I mean, obviously you do Mega Man work as well as other games and, and pop culture and even, you know, straight up rap songs that aren't related to, to gaming. Um, do you feel empowered by this, this sponsorship by Capcom that they, they officially approve your, your work? Well, I of course do. I mean, that's something that would, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it anymore if they hadn't, you know, right. Like this is something that that could have they could have closed that chapter before it even opened, you know. Uh, but they luckily didn't. I definitely feel empowered. Uh, it's, it's such a great story to tell. It's um it's maybe a little dramatized when it's on stage. I mean, sure, of course. It, it didn't quite happen like that, but that's okay. Sometimes it, it, you know it's it, it's still an amazing story to tell, and it's something that I'm extremely proud of because I didn't see that coming a mile away. So it's something that I'll, I'll always be able to remember and to to tell my kids and my you know my friends and like wow man Capcom actually they actually know who I am yeah I mean it's a little different now because uh, a lot of things are changing at Capcom without getting into too much but uh, things are a little weird for me over there like they don't necessarily talk to me or things like that sure nowadays. And we don't we don't communicate a whole lot, but you know, but for, I'll always be with it. There was the community division of Capcom, which is a really cool thing they do, where they just kind of shine a light on community uh, projects and fan art and things like that that have to do with Capcom. But those guys decided to reach higher up the ladder, and you know, and get people in that are higher up. Thing and get them to buy into what Mega Ran was about, 
And uh, and that that was the best part of it because yeah. those guys themselves are there's only so much they can do. I mean, they're, they're just you know they're just guys, but they're not corporate, you know. So, but for them to go to bat for me was absolutely the best part of it. And um, at the time, the guy running it was uh, Seth Killian, and uh, I'll always be thankful to Seth for for looking out for me because he really didn't have to do that, you know. Sure. Well, it, it, I think that also lends back to something I talked to with some of the other nerdcore artists I've interviewed as well, is that the, the community around this music specifically brings people together, fans and artists alike. And I, I'm always amazed by that. And and um, mm-hmm. it warms my heart that's like, you know, like when you go to a show, like when I was at that show that you and Samus were at, I got to see a ton of rappers I'd never heard of that were great. And everyone in the crowd was having a blast. Everyone was there to just have a good time. It, you know, there was no, oh, I don't like this guy. I'm only here for that guy. Like, it's it's just such a great open community. Yes. And that's really all. It is. It's like that a lot in the nerd community, which is what I, what I love about it, is that we're, we're very much a community. Like, we all love each other. We're all there for each other. And it's great. Like, I don't see any other scenes like that you know i mean maybe back in the day but there's not a lot of scenes today like that so yeah i think back to the south by southwest nerdcore showcase uh back in march and it was like a literal who's who of nerdcore uh from the top to bottom i mean it was mc funnel lot the shape of the dark lord there's mc bars there's me there's whitey cracker there's samus there's michael kill there's tribe one there's dual core so it's like a who's who and the best part about that is that we're all fans of each other and our fans are all fans of each other. So you never have to worry about people leaving out or coming back for their, the person they want to see coming back, leaving, coming back. No, this was a place that stayed packed from eight o'clock for the first guy to 2 a.m. for the last guy. And, um, and I've never really seen anything like that at a nerd rap show or any rap show, honestly. Like, I've never seen that. The first guy, you go on at eight o'clock at a rap show, you're usually playing to the sound guy. <laughs> so, but at that show, man, it was just, it was super packed. And not just the fans, but us, you know, the, the musicians stayed and sat front row and, and enjoyed the show. Like, that's that's the best part about it. We're all fans of each other. Yeah, I, I remember that that week at South by Southwest because I've been blessed to have befriended quite a few rappers in the last year or two and seeing like an interchangeable photo set of selfies, either Shave of the Dark Lord with YT Cracker, YT Cracker with with Frontalot, Frontalot with uh, Shave of the Dark Lord and like all of these photos go through my Facebook feed and I'm like, man, I want to be at South by Southwest. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, and it's like, and we're just as excited as anybody else would be about it. You know, we're like, oh, we get to see our buddies. You know, it's a family reunion for us. Yeah, it seems like it's a blast. I'm, I, I, it's really, like I said, it's really cool to just be able to see that kind of camaraderie in, in artistry. I mean, it's how I've gotten into so many different artists too i mean i started with mc front a lot as a lot of people do and and then through the magic of the internet i could just jump from album to album like oh he did this song with a guy named megaran i wonder what he's about oh shit he's got like eight albums well let's go listen to them all you know and it's it's just cool to be that you guys all work together so well and always help each other out on a record do guest verses because it gets the word out more and it, it really allows you to hear these other artists that you might not have heard otherwise which I always think is really cool too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you just finished a big tour. Um, and uh, it sounds like you're taking some time off from touring for a bit. Um, is there another solo Mega Ran record in the works at the moment? Or are you kind of going to chill for a bit and kind of just focus? Oh, oh, it's always, there's always something in the works. Um, I have a bunch of things going on, but um, I, I still have to finish up a project for the Kickstarter that I did, which is a solo album. So All right, yeah. as things keep going really well with the... Uh, with the soul veggie stuff, it's making me want to put down, you know, put this back a little bit more and just to make sure that it gets exactly where it's supposed to get and what it, do what it's supposed to do. So uh, before the end of the year, though, I'm thinking late in the year, uh, I'm going to try to release this project. I'm super proud of it. I'm still determining the uh, the title, but I am, I'm really excited about the music on it. Um, it's also going to be an NES cartridge version of this album. Like it's just, uh, it's going to be some big crazy stuff, like things I've never tried before, and things that I don't think anybody's tried before, honestly, on a record. So I'm really looking forward to it. Like I just want to keep raising the bar and keep on considering and trying the, the new things and the impossible. You know? That's great. I mean, and and it's exciting to watch that. Um, and even though we've been talking a lot about your nerdcore roots and all the nerdcore uh, music you've been doing, I also want to bring up uh, one of my favorite EPs that you did, which actually wasn't a nerdcore release. It was more pretty much straight up hip hop. I mean, I guess everything you do is nerdcore, but I really loved Trap. I think that as a record and as a concept and just even what it stands for, um, I think was really cool to listen to. Um, and I really love the messaging behind it. This kind of, you know, trying to convey that TV and radio are poison. Um, where did the idea for that EP come from? Hmm. Well, I get crazy ideas while I'm asleep and it, it may wake me up. It's so strange. Like I'll get uh, just awakened by a cool idea. And so, um, that was, that was one of them. I got up and I was like, trap, television, radio, poison. Like, and so once I had that, I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I was just, I had the acronym. And, uh, and so I wanted to make it a double meaning and then use like a more of a trap style of uh, production on the album, which meant more, more 808s and, uh, double time hi-hats and a, and a bit more of a commercial radio sound musically. But then I wanted to get, much more, um, much more message driven with the lyrics at the same time. So it would sound like it was something that was supposed to be in the, you know, on the radio. But if you listen to the words, it's something that would never be on the radio. Yeah. So, um, and that was really what I wanted to do. I wanted to try to mix in, like I always say, I try to mix in a little bit of the, the candy with the, with the medicine. So that you know, you can give some, you get some ear candy because my problem with a lot of music with a message or quote unquote conscious rap is that it's not often palatable for a casual listener. You know, it, it can be very, very hard to digest and um, you know, very direct and over your head and super dense. And um, and I wanted to do things that had catchy choruses and things, but also were very, very overt with their message 
and what they were trying to uh, to convey. So I really like the album too. Honestly, it's some of my favorite stuff. Um, the trap album. I, I made a a trap two, which was um, just for uh, for some very. Um, I think I put it out for like a week. It was just for a couple of really good supporters, and then I kind of put it back away, so that there's something that I want to do something special. It's kind of hard in the digital age to have limited releases and things. Once it gets on the internet, it's there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do something like that just for a little while, and it was right before a tour, and I decided to do a little bit more with that. And um, I really like it. I love the trap album. Like I said, that's the one. When people aren't really sure if they're going to really get into me, that's the, al- the album I try to suggest to them. It's like, all right, you want some easygoing beat, some you know, some smooth stuff with some real lyrics, you know. Sure. Yeah. And, and it, it pulls you right in. I mean, I thought it was really engaging. It was, it was one of the first things I listened to by you besides, of course, you know, Megaran, you know, the, the, those, the Megaran. Yeah. Before, like, and just, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, he does really great nerdy stuff and really great sincere with a message stuff. And that's something that you don't find everywhere in rap music or nerdcore you know, some people kind of stick to one thing and don't kind of dabble in the other. And I like when an artist gets personal and talks about their past or the way of the world. It, it kind of brings you in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, since you're done with your tour and I imagine you're back home, um, do you have things that you prefer to do to unwind besides obviously, you know, I'm sure you like to listen to music and relax and write music, but do you have any other hobbies? Obviously video games, is a big one, but a thing that you like prefer to do over others to relax and chill. Mm, well, there's video games, there's gadgets. I love to just kind of tinker with gadgets and stuff like that. Um, but honestly reading and just kind of sitting still is the best thing for me. Um, and it's hard, it's hard for me to do it. So when I do, I'm like, this is awesome. (laughs) So, you know, so I really enjoy that. Like just being able to sit down and just sit still sometimes in the quiet. Like I don't even like to put music on. I just like to sit quietly because I don't get that very often. (laughs) Sure. Well, as someone who's currently in the midst of planning his own wedding, um, hold on to those quiet moments because once you start the planning phases, they all go away. All of them. <laughs> so. Yep, that's what I heard. And then, you know, then there's the marriage, and then there's the kids. And so, so yeah, you know, quiet doesn't, doesn't happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I had, uh, like I had said earlier, the pleasure of getting to see you live. Uh, a really cool moment, speaking a little bit back to digital technology and these releases, is that as you guys were getting ready to go on tour, you and Samus, you released a song together and then performed it live at that show. That kind of immediacy is really, really awesome. And I think the digital age is what allows us to do that, that you can kind of just put the song out and then perform it right away. Um, sure. Um, when you're out on tour, do you have song certain songs that you prefer to play live, like favorites over others? Um, I know it's hard mm-hmm. to pick your favorite song. That's That's an impossible task. But if you had a few favorites that... Like you really get jazzed to perform live. What, what would those be? Hmm. Well, I love to get people. You know, the songs I get people going. 
also uh, Sock Hop is one of my favorites. Um, Avalanche is another one that gets people going. Um, I like language arts because then like you know, everybody puts their hand up and wave it around and all that. Sure. Um, gosh, those are probably my favorites. And Splash Woman, of course. Sure. Things that make the crowd do stuff. You <laughs> know, I I love that because to me, I learn by doing. You know, and I feel like a lot of people do. So being able to to see someone do something cool and then just do it, and then or I tell them to do something cool, and then they all just do it and it looks amazing. So I love that. Well, and speaking to your live show and having people do things, I think one of the most amazing things that any rapper can do in front of me is freestyle because, like, my brain doesn't operate that quickly. So watching you say, everybody hold something up and I'm going to freestyle and then watching you do it and just grabbing stuff from people. And, and, and I mean, how did you know that that was a skill that you had? Did you just practice until it came to you or is it something you could just kind of always do? Oh man. Um, yeah, it was something that I just, I picked up. I always freestyled back in the day, just growing up. That's how I kind of learned how to rap. And I just, uh, I, don't, I tried it one day, and it was at a, a show, Nerdapalooza, in uh, it was in Orlando or maybe Gainesville in 2007. And I just decided to try it one day, and it worked, and it went over super well. And I had so much fun doing it that I said, "I'm going to do this more often." And so we did, and I just got better and better at it. I think now, I just a matter of practice, I. I drive doing it, you know, like <laughs> freestyling while I'm driving, I freestyle while I'm showering, I freestyle while I'm on the computer, you know, like it's just a part of me now that just constantly keeps going. It's just a, it's like a mental, to me, it's, it works with the crowd because it's like a, I, I, equiv- I, I try to equate it to like a high, like a tightrope act <laughs> at a circus. You know, this is like the lyrical tightrope because I could fall any time, you know, and that danger is what makes people so attracted to it. Sure. I could I could easily slip up at any moment and then they would see me just fail, you know. So that pressure is what keeps it going and usually keeps it very fluid. And uh, it's like a blackout moment for me, honestly. It's a total subconscious thing, like, People come to me later like, oh, man, you rapped about my, my slipper. And I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Like, <laughs> something that it doesn't, I don't recall. Like, it's just not something I remember doing because I, I just go into another place mentally. And and there's no, I don't know, there's no no way for me to know what happened. It's like, I'm like the Incredible Hulk, you know. I just, up. <laughs> I do it, and then I come back, and I'm like cold and naked, you know, and then I come somewhere. But um, but yeah, it's like super fun, but it's it's like it can be a little draining too in that in that same respect. But it's it's super fun. Um, I want to take a moment now to actually also thank you for hooking me up with uh, Sky Blue last year to chat with, um, who's. Mm-hmm album I love and who's sharp. I mean, for someone so young to be so good at rap and to know exactly what the hell he wants was was awesome. So thank you for that. I appreciate that connection. No problem. I'm glad it worked out. Um, See, that's great. The album's great. I love it. The Unmodern album is awesome. We've got a new mixtape out, which is also really great. Um, 
and then we're talking about his next record and how to make that you know bigger and better. So I'm really happy. Like he's he's still young, he's still talented. Like I I just wish when I was that young that I had someone to mentor me. You know, so sure. that's why I always try to be there for for a guy like that who's young, who's got his head on straight, you know, and has like unlimited potential. Well, and also his tagline, you know, I don't rap, I paint the sky blue, and he does you know, all of these great, positive, kind of just full of energy rap songs that you don't really hear a lot of anywhere. You know, there are people who do that kind of music here and there, but he does a full record that it's just all, there's a, there's always a positive spin to it. There's no negativity in that record. And I love that, you know? Uh, Yeah. Super positive. It is. Um, So how did you first uh, link up with Sky Blue? Um... Sky Blue and I linked up online. He he sent me some music to work with him. Oh, we did a track on Game Over. So we collaborated, and the track was super fun. I get asked to collaborate a lot, where people were like, hey, man, can you do this? This is going to be something you've never done before. It's a Mega Man beat with (laughs) with hip-hop, you know? (laughs) Super Mario beat, and, you know. But he gave me, he had a track, and it actually was a Super Mario, it was a sample from the Mario World game over team for, for uh, Super Nintendo. But the concept was just about, you know, like, at the end of your life, like, what will, you, what will people be able to say about you, or what will you be able to say? So it was deep, you know? So I was just like, man, so this is just the average, like, I eat you up like Pac-Man type, you know, raps. So... It was a very deep concept, and I really liked that. And I liked the way his mind worked after that. And uh, so since then, we just kept in touch. And I, I, I asked him. I asked him if I would, if he would let me put out his record, and if he would let me kind of, kind of mentor him. You know, I felt like I loved where he was going, and I wanted to see him continue to make the right decisions and have people around him who had been there before. And so. I decided to help him with his album. We took him on his first tour, and you know, since then he's still still putting out some great stuff. That's excellent. It it, it kind of you know it's cheesy as it sounds. It really warms my heart to hear something like that. You know, it's 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 very easy for someone to hear something like that. And go, oh yeah, I'll do this thing. All right, on your way, move it. You know, but to take that moment and realize that potential, and then take it upon yourself to kind of help and mentor and mold is just, it's a really great thing. And so, you know, I'm sure he's thankful for it. And I think it, it shows in his music because there's definitely care in that record, you know, and in that rap. So I think that, that, yeah. that's a fantastic thing. Oh yeah. It's, it's, he's making some great stuff. Um, so obviously you just finished a big, uh, you know, a fairly lengthy tour. Um, I imagine you have no plans to go back out on the road anytime soon. You're going to kind of probably lay low for a bit and. Yep. That's exactly it. I am not going anywhere until, um, until May at least. Um, well, maybe, maybe I'm out of town over the, I don't, I'm actually not. I think I'm staying in town the entire month of April, which is great. (laughs) <laughs> so I got a month off to recuperate, get myself together, um, you know, just rest up for the next run and get and plan for the the, the wedding and stuff. So I got got a lot of a lot of planning to do. Cool. Well, it's 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 awesome to get to talk to you about what you do because your story as 
as a nerdcore rapper especially also appeals to me because you weren't always a rapper. You were or a full-time rapper. You were a teacher. Well, once. yeah, I, I think I was a, well, not always, but I was a rapper since I was about 16. So, but I was not rapping for a living until about four years ago. Uh, yeah, I was a teacher at an elementary school, not just here, but in, um, in, in Philadelphia and in Phoenix. I did a couple of years of elementary and middle school. So, yeah, I, I put my time in. I did a hard time. I feel I feel like after you teach elementary school, you can probably take on anything after that. Oh, absolutely. Like, drunk adults are nothing compared to, like, rowdy, hormonal teenagers, you know? <laughs> um, so, talking about how long you've been rapping, so you said you've been rapping since you were about 16. Um, what were your biggest influences back then? What kind of got you motivated? What artists got you motivated to actually start taking on rapping? Let's see. My biggest influence was and still is LL Cool J. Hell yeah. He's like one of the greats, man. Like uh, I always was inspired by his versatility. Um, so there's him. There's let me think. Uh, okay, so there was like a tribe called Quest. There was um, Gangstar, Snoop and Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, um, KRS One. Eric B and Rakim and like uh, Outcast who probably inspire me the most. Nice. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely hear bits of those styles in your, in your music for sure. Um, I'll never forget when I first heard um, bombs over Baghdad by Outcast. That was one of those songs that I was just like, Oh, you don't have to just do rap music one way. You can do it like that too. You know? Yes, so there was definitely Outcast who showed me that too. It was like, whoa, you, you can do different things. Like, I didn't even do that. You know, like they they definitely pushed the envelope and they, they tried. They were so daring that um, yeah, it was hard not to be inspired by those guys. Um, so the the new record that you're working on that you're looking to hopefully have out by the end of the year <clears throat> is that going to be um a more um open book nerdy record do you have any specific songs or content that you can share that you're working on that uh you're excited about on that record oh man i'm super excited about the whole thing but it's it's like the reason why i don't have a title yet is because i'm still trying to figure out which what what title will uh just best encapsulate what i'm trying to do because it's 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 literally like a meeting between like my myself. So there's like random and mega ran. And so this is like the album that they would make if they both somehow split apart and collaborated on it. And so it's a lot of, you know, like my earlier music, which was very soulful, um, you know, very spiritual, very uh, open book, you know, and then, there's the other side, which is a very super nerdy kid who, you know, uh, loves fantasy, loves comic books, loves uh, escaping from reality. But um, so it's me meeting my hard reality as well as me trying to escape from it, uh, both on the same record. And uh, one of those tracks that I'm, I'm really proud of is called The Meeting. And uh, it's actually a track where Random meets Mega Rand. It's like right before a show, uh, Mega Rand. Is, is about to perform and he gets a visitor and it's his old self 
And, and so they had this really long talk before the show about where each other has been and where they're going. And I'm really, really like excited about that. Uh, Kay Murdoch does the beat for that. And it's a pretty sick concept. And, um, between that, there's, there's all kinds of things about just knowing your, just being self-aware and knowing your, knowing your worth and your value and things like that. Um, so some tracks with some of my favorite artists, uh, Homeboy Sandman, um, Cool Keys is actually on the record. Um, trying to get a couple of more really like influential people to me to to guest on the record as well. But uh, it's very much rooted in hip hop. But there's a trick to it that will completely connect it to my uh, to my eight bit self. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. That that's awesome. I mean, I like albums with a concept, and there's been no shortage of that in nerdcore for sure. But that that song that you're describing both sounds fantastic from just a dramatic perspective, and it also sounds like the plot of a Doctor Who episode. You know, it's uh, it's, it's 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 really cool. This idea of what what would you tell yourself if you could talk to yourself from your past, you know, or your future? And I think it's yeah. kind of an interesting. It's a really interesting concept. So that's that's really cool. Um, the the last question I'll ask tonight before we wrap up is when you're writing a song, have you ever come across either a concept or, or, uh, or a fandom that you wanted to write about that didn't work or, or is there a fan, fandom or concept that you're looking forward to trying to write about that you haven't yet? Um, I guess Dr. Who would probably be the answer to both of those. Oh yeah. Um, I love Dr. Who, but, um, I haven't been able to bring much stuff to put Doctor Who into a into a rap yet. Um, I know some of my friends have, and so I didn't necessarily want to uh, to do that same thing to those guys as, as as doing the same concept and stuff like that. So I've heard it done really well, and I know that I wouldn't I wouldn't want to touch something unless I could do it as well. So so Doctor Who is something I've thought about that I haven't been able to really get into. Wrestling is another thing that I thought about getting into, but I just haven't been able to. For whatever reason, like wrestling is just it's something I love, but I feel like crossing too many fandoms can uh I don't know, it could be bad, you know. <laughs> but I could rip open some sort of uh time space continuum or something. Like I don't know. Like there's too many fandoms, no <laughs> but I, I don't know. So I, I feel like I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I wanted to do it the way that wasn't corny, that was creative, that was sure. excellent. <laughs> well, I know that if you ever rapped over some old school wrestling theme music, I would totally listen to that. Just saying. <laughs> um, but, but I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I know you've been super busy and I appreciate you giving me the time. Um, I'm such a huge fan and I'm excited to see this new record coming out at the end of the year. I'm excited to to see all the other stuff that you do. Um, and I'll definitely catch you next time you're in New York. But thank you, Megaran, for taking the time to chat today. Oh, man. Anytime. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. And uh, this will be up. Uh, we, we've got a bit of a backlog of episodes, so it'll probably be out in like a month or so. Um, as soon as it goes up, though, I'll send you an email with the link and you can share it wherever. But uh, but I really do, um, as a fan, uh, appreciate you taking the time. Oh, man. Anytime. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Talk to you later, man. 
If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.